Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Radio Geonosis, where we talk about Star Wars from a certain point of view. I'm Angie. I am David. What's up, you guys? I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about what's in a name. But before we do that, David's going to tell us the hot happenings in I Star ha- Wars yeah. and other things. Yeah, officially other things, too. Now we're going to <laughs> other things. Um... See, my news is disorganized. Half of, like, it's Star Wars, other things. Star Wars, other... So, I have to... Let me... The first one I want to talk about is Han Solo. Yes. The film. Very excited for that. Um, Those TV spots look good. Like, after everything amazing. I've been seeing, and some of the people I know in Hollywood, like, who work in, like, finance and stuff on films, everybody's saying, like, they think it's going to actually make all the monies. Of course it is. Uh, like, more than... Like, they're saying... Like, a lot of people are actually thinking... Like on that side of the industry, that it's gonna be kind of like a black diamond if it ends up being good. Uh-huh. And it's gonna like kind of uns- be really close, and even in like a weird world, depending on how the Avengers does and how much that takes out of people a month before, it has the potential to even like make more than episode eight. So I can see that, especially yeah. it being a summer flick too. So I'm interested to see where that goes. But yeah, take same thing too. Avengers Infinity War this month that's set to make all the money. Yeah. Um, interesting. <laughs> They're not showing the whole film to anybody yet. They're showing the film, like test screenings and everything like that. But like, people are dying. everybody say like a huge chunk is taken out of it. They, and it's not going to be shown until the premiere, like in like a week or two. No one would be able to They're keep whatever the they see inside. Exactly. Yeah, I'm pretty sure because no I, I mean I'm I guarantee you they're like killing off Hawkeye yeah, yeah, and yeah, Captain America no and stuff. They don't want. <laughs> no one will be able to hold that in like until the movie comes out. You can't Tears are going to fall. Yeah, for I like sure. Hawkeye. So essentially, when the premiere yeah. happens, I forgot what date it was. I think it's like three or four days. Captain before... America is my favorite superhero. Yeah, so yeah but why are we going to kill him off? Because contracts over and yeah, yeah, but I mean, ran its course. It's just a movie. Okay, not the not. Not the film. cartoon, I mean, not the comic books itself, but just Just the, in the Avengers, uni- in the Marvel uni- Cinematic Universe. I think he's fulfilled his role his as a plot device in a, in a character. I mean, I'd love to see a like, cameo in the future, like, oh, they do a World War II flashback or something. There's yeah. always potential for that. Yeah. So I'm not worried about him, like, never coming back. Plus, he's also a very accomplished director, and he said previously he wants to eventually get out of these movies so he can focus more on directing. Maybe he'll come direct a Marvel movie. Maybe. Eventually, maybe. at some point, maybe. I think that'd be kind of cool. I don't that think he's gonna dope. do it right out the gate, you know, because uh-huh. he's like, I just got away from this. But I think there's a potential he does yeah. that, and I think it'd be really good because that what's that snow the, piercer or snow blinder or some shit? The yeah, snow piercer, snow, snow pierce. Was it the train? Yeah, yeah one the train. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was that, that was a bad. really good movie. Yeah, that was that was pretty directed good. That. Yeah. So, uh, let's see what else we got. Okay, the next one's I'm gonna get yelled at, but it's actually important and it relates to Star Wars. <clears throat> what so, is it? Star Trek Discovery finished Again? airing, right? <laughs> no, this this is important in a weird way, only because I saw it. You I saw just, something else funny about it. You just want to drive that no. wedge between Star Trek I don't, and I don't, Star Trek. Trust me, I got a really good Star Wars one coming up. Oh trust my me. God. So, but Your frustration kills that's me. Right. <laughs> How it works is Paramount owns the movie rights for Star Trek, and CBS owns television rights. So I forgot exactly what the circumstance behind it was, but at the end, spoilers if you haven't watched it, at the end of Star Trek Discovery, final scene is the Discovery spaceship chilling, mm-hmm. but the original USS Enterprise with Captain Pike before Kirk comes into frame, okay. and they need help. So, but what's important about that is CBS was like legally obligated that they had to make 25% differences on the Enterprise compared to the original model. And I start, the reason I bring this up is that's just kind of a cool fact. What is you know? the reason you bring this up? <laughs> well, no, the reason I bring it up is 
we're kind of in this way now where Disney's absorbing everything. Right. But eventually, I think, Disney not necessarily in the next 10 years. No, but I think Disney's going to start letting a lot of stuff go in a way. Like, they'll own the rights to Star Wars. But they're going to say, okay, you know, CBS or Netflix, wherever you guys just do Star Wars t- television. So then it's come the argument of it's all canon because Discovery is canon to the movies. and It's all canon. Right. But they're still legally obligated to change things like ships and designs. So I just thought it was kind of like an interesting question like with Star Wars and other stuff. Like maybe we get to that one point where Star Trek compared to Star Wars is such a saturated universe compared to Star Wars in terms of filmography mm. and what we see on screen. If Star Wars or anything like Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park ever get to that level, like, are we going to see kind of like the same thing? Like, where technically a studio owns all of it, but another studio has rights for a distribution for a different a thing, lot. you know? Yeah. And then will we see, like, oh, Millennium Falcon. Well, it's going to be a TV show. That's fine. It's canon, but it has to be 25% different. But, but you so know, like, Disney, I, d- I don't, I think we're going to go a little bit farther as far as the X-Men and all these, because they've just acquired all of the X-Men, all the rights for that. Presumably. The, you, they bought them. Yeah. But if Congress says no, they're not going to give them to it because <laughs> Disney's becoming a monopoly at this point. Well, they didn't just yeah, buy Fox and the X-Men. Please they bought go. Alien. They bought, oh shit, they bought everything under Fox. The mic fell. Well, you know what? I, please just don't pull, buy Lord of the Rings, please. Leave Lord it there. The yeah, leave it there. Leave I think it I just there. got to hold this or something. You, you might have you to. You might have to. I'm saying. Yeah. You might have to. Yeah. But no, n- don't take Lord of the Rings. Well, you Amazon know. got the rights to do um, a TV show. Right. But I'm st- I don't know if we talked about that on the show before, because I'm confused by it. I don't think so. Because I've seen two explanations. This might be loud for people listening. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to fix it. We could pause it. No, that's good. Oh, my God. We're back. We fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a technical difficulty, but just we fixed bit. that. Just yeah. a little bit. Just a little bit. Oh, okay. my God. What are we talking about? We're talking about Star Trek. Oh, we're talking about Lord of the Rings. Amazon. Yes. Yeah. Well, so, but yeah, I'm interested. I don't know if we. I, it's, it, this is like deja vu for me because I discussed this with someone else recently, and it may have been on the podcast. I just don't remember. But I don't get what Amazon is doing with Lord of the Rings yet. I want it. Yeah. But there's like indication that I've seen, and I haven't looked into it like 100%. I haven't gone to like the actual wiki or whatever to see what the production schedule, what their plans are, or anything. Because everybody who's writing articles about it is insinuating that it's either like. This is just taking place in the universe of Lord of the Rings, which would be awesome, like mm-hmm. new stories. And other people are like, we're remaking the movies, but in TV format. I'm I like, doubt no, it. please I don't. don't. I, don't no. I honestly don't think that's... I don't mind if the movies are remade, but if you're going to do a TV show, do something cool that we've never think, seen before. Yeah. I think they're going to be doing it based on some of the other books, some information, maybe... I hope, because there's so much in the Silmarillion, so... Mm-hmm. But anywho... Um, let's see if there's anything else. Oh, you this, was, about- this was my favorite one. This was, a, this was the worth it one. So... Jurassic Monday? Park? No, we're going to talk about that in a second, though. Monday, I think it was, um, what's his name? Ron Howard. Yes. Director. Solo. He posted, I think he posted a picture to his Twitter account. And had, what's his dude whose vision? Uh, what's his name? The yeah. actor. Like, he's in it, and he's playing, like, he has, like, cut up face and yeah, everything. Yeah, his face is all scarred up. And, and the background is, it's not Boba Fett's, obviously, oh, but the, there the, is the, Mandalorian... Very ceremonial armor, like, displayed. Awesome. So, A, yes, awesome, because Mandalorians, and, I mean, but it could be anything. It could literally just be this guy's wealthy, and he has a very ornate display. I don't know. There's people talking, like, maybe he's a Mandalorian, but some people were refuting that, because apparently the character he's playing, he was recast that character. 
Paul Bettany, that's his name. Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany was recast for his character because the original guy couldn't do the reshoots. Aaron's going to Google that. And yeah. the reshoots, apparently the original guy was like half cougar, half human. Like that was his species. Like, that's cool. Yeah. Can you imagine? What? Which which they do kind of sort of exist. There's, um, what are they called? Oh, Cathar. Cathar is a race in Star Wars. There's two like iterations of them. One are like human, like very humanoid, but like kind of like right. cat features. And then they the other part of the Cathar. They do it in Clone Wars. Do they do it in Clone Wars? Yes. Because they remember, might... Ahsoka got taken as a as a slave or a prisoner. Oh, not those, but they're kind of like them. Kind of like that. Okay. Like Cathar, and like she likes they have Anakin. Like there's Cathar, like the human kind of ones. They look super human. They just have like kind of exaggerated features. Um, if you look up Juhani from Knights of the Republic, she's that iteration of Cathar. Then later on, they like kind of retconned it and like there's two kinds of Cathar, and like the other one are like they have tails and they're like cats. Like they're essentially like walking cat the people. Cat. <laughs> so. <laughs> Like, originally, that character was supposed to be designed like that, like half cougar, half human. But what people were saying was when they recast him because he couldn't do the reshoots, they didn't rewrite the character. So if he was, like, some cougar weird thing, he's obviously not a Mandalorian. And if they didn't rewrite the character for the reshoots, then he's still... But I would... I just... As of now, I'm just happy I'm seeing first time in for movies since... Episode two, we're seeing Mandalorian stuff. Right, and I so. think most most of the Mandalorians, most of the guys that are, are those, uh, they, they're they wearing the Mando armor, they are from Mandaloria, right? Is that how you pronounce uh, it? Mandalore. Mandalore. Mandalore, yeah. Yeah, I think most, I'll have to, sh- also, I'll remember to send you a picture of it tonight, and maybe I'll post one. Um, <laughs> maybe we'll, if I remember when we're talking about this part, I'll post a picture in the video. But it look, it looks like normal, like, red and kind of black Mandalorian helmet, but then, like, everything else looks like ornate samurai, but That's futuristic. Cool. That's yeah, so that I'm waiting to see more up-close pictures. I can't wait. Because it, if it, cause it's kind of like it's kind of like that weird thing. It's like 30, you can't see 30% of it because of the distance and everything. So I'm waiting to see all of it because it might be a cosplay see, that I'm legitimately not interested in. showing all the Easter eggs. Yeah. But That's the, thing, the is, thing is, he's not showing them. You could tell he's not showing a lot of stuff because this exact screenshot he, sh- he showed is, like, 80% similar to, like, one he did, like, right after he wrapped or right before he started doing production for the reshoots. And it's, like, it's the exact same thing, but, like, there's Paul Bettany's character and Mandalorian armor in the foreground. Right. So we've seen this area before from the exact same angle, but now there's, like, added stuff in it. But so I think they're just not going to let everything out because... Uh, oh, no. They, they have to keep it surprised. I think especially because Lucas did help him out a bit. Yeah. A new trailer came out too recently, didn't mm-hmm. it? Well, we talked about that last week because yeah, Chewbacca we has a girlfriend yeah. and everything. Yes, yep. yes. Yep. Happy, yep. Laugh day. Happy <laughs> birthday. I'm hoping she's his girlfriend. I'm hoping it's what's her name from the actual old canon too. I can't remember her name. Like Susan, something like that. <laughs> no, it wasn't Nala. That's, that's Lion Susan King. Susan the Wookiee. Um, yeah, the I think Wookie. I had one. Did I have one more? Oh, yeah. We had. Um, oh, I had one more Star Wars thing. Then we're going to talk about Jurassic World a little bit. Did you watch the trailer for Jurassic World today, though? No, I was at oh, work. Of course you were. <laughs> <laughs> so was I. No, it wasn't. Unfortunately, um, I was at work, you know, working for a living, you know. You've never, like, so said, oh, the new trailer's out and hopped into a bathroom for five minutes and watched it. <laughs> I used to that all the time. But um, one cool thing, I, this is just a cool thing I saw. So, anybody, including everybody in this room, you'll know what it is. There's something called a C96 Mauser pistol. Mm. If you just saw it, you'd say, oh, I've seen it before. You'd know what it is. It's. Like in 19, it was like manufactured in like 1918 or maybe even a little earlier. 
and it was what was used for Han Solo's blaster. That's why it's also very iconic because they basically put a flash thing on it, added like a little heat sink in the front, put a scope on it, and that's Han Solo's blaster. I saw a guy who I I saw (laughs) I saw a guy get this who took one, and that's what a lot of people do. Like I've halfway done it, bought and you know started manufacturing to make like a real. 100% 100% life prop, but you know, with the firing pin and everything taken out so it's not fireable. His was. He had a Han Solo blaster that was firing like where? nine millimeter rounds. Oh, wow. Up here? Where was he? At? Oh, no, this was, this was, I just saw it on like a YouTube or something. Oh, okay. It was amazing. And I was like, thinking, where's this guy located? People build all kinds of crazy stuff. You but know? I was thinking yeah, too, like, yeah, that's, they really I'm do. not 100% sure because the laws change a little bit every now and then. And, I'm, and I just thought 100% He's sure. Somewhere where guns are but, allowed. Yeah. So <laughs> well, technically, manufacturing weapons like that is illegal. <laughs> Right, but I mean, if you're doing like Customs, a well, some of those weapons. guys they do like movie. But if he props he could easily have yeah, a license, true. all he has to do is essentially own a gun shop, right? And he could get access to any licensing, any kind of thing he want. Per, like, obviously, if he's a he was a MythBuster, a good citizen. <laughs> but no, yeah. So I, I just thought that was really cool. I was like, oh, neat. I've always wanted to see it, an actual firing one. Like we got an actual firing one in a New Hope and uh, right. five and six, but they're blanks, you know. So, but actually seeing a firing one like fired live well, ammunition. Well, have to be blank on the movie. On oh, the yeah, because you're you going to kill people. Right, because even in The Crow, when they... Yeah, The Crow, I was going to say that. Yeah, oh, when, when they, they offed What's-His-Face. Yes, Brandon. Oh, my gosh, that was so sad. Yeah, that sucks. Um, I'll be Brandon Lee. I just want to check real quick. Oh, no. oh, yeah, there was one kind of weird thing. Um, It tied into two things, and I didn't get enough information on it beforehand, so I'm not going to go too into it. But over the past week... There's been a lot of discussion about episode nine coming up, and Mark Hamill was interviewed. And for my just, I could be 100 percent wrong because I just quickly did a, like read an article in the shower while I was tired one day because I'm like I need news. You did the and article in the shower? <laughs> I need news. multitasking. Um, and basically, Mark Hamill insinuated that he doesn't like hate Star Wars or anything, but he was like, I I'm kind of done with it because Harrison Ford's gone now. Carrie Fisher's gone in two ways now. He's well, like, she's not and he's gone like, in two he, ways because they haven't, they haven't. But she's, they've confirmed she's not going to make any appearances in nine. So he's, he's, he basically like was saying like, over it. like, of course he'd love to come back, but he's like, it's not the same anymore because everybody's gone and I'm dead too. And of course they can bring me, like, you know. He's but there it. was also like another flip to that coin where there was a lot of talk about. I remember who was talking about it, but that potentially Yoda, since he was received so well in 8, will be a big part of 9. Mm. To, like, fill that master for Ray Void. To redeem it. To redeem it. Uh, it was fine. <laughs> I, but yeah. I don't know. You know, out of all of them, I have to say that, I mean, I don't want to offend anybody, but I don't, 8 is probably my least favorite. It, it was very... You're not offending anyone. You no. know, it just seemed like there was, I don't know, I just... And there's a difference from it being your least favorite movie and saying it's a terrible movie when, you know, it's actually... If it's not the Star Wars movie people wanted, it's actually a well-written and directed movie. It's, all it's right. just not a Star Wars it's movie people right. wanted. Yeah, I just don't. I don't know. I I, I, think I have, a lot of a lot of holes were left, you know, about Ray's family. Don't build it up to tell us she they were nobody. Yeah, you know, and and don't you know build it up where she's supposed to go over there and Ray's supposed to become the new a new Jedi and and get the temple going again, but. 
then Luke didn't care about it. I just, I don't know. It just, I watched it, it, it over. F- I just got my Blu-ray. It didn't feel like Star it. Wars. Yeah, it didn't. It did not. But it, it was a good movie. It just didn't feel like Star Wars. That's the only issue. Because, like, like I said, it's a wonderful movie. I'm surprised it did not win all the Oscars that it should have won. I'm not. Or even nominated. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking, like, from a, cinematogra- a cinematography up, point of view. Like, how it was filmed, how the acting was, how it was written. Excellent film. It was just, like, this is kind of weird for a Star Wars film. But yeah. like I get it because I watched it. Um, I've watched it numerous times since it came out on video, and I will say, like this past weekend, I tried watching it again while I was playing games. I was like, I kind of don't want to watch this. Yeah, and, and it wasn't because I, I hated it. It was kind of like yeah, oh, yeah. It. it was like I, I just, that's what I just said. I yeah, it, it just seems Luke is too. He's too questioning. I honestly, himself the last time I when I was watching, it, I was just skipping to all the Luke scenes and then a somebody. couple stuff because I liked yeah. the Luke scenes. I liked all the scenes, but like it's, it's kind of hard to watch. I just spent a lot of time with Ray and Kylo, kind of, you know. I have a feeling of, all that is what Episode Nine is about. Maybe, what they're trying to set up for it. Maybe this is why. Is it a romance? Is it a brother and sister? You know, scenario. Is it family? <laughs> is she it's related? Awkward. I know to it's somebody? awkward. Yeah. I know it's weird. This one, I'm kind of yeah. glad that Abrams is coming back so in some capacity, not because he's better than Johnson in any way. It's has... extremely difficult. You got to think about it. Episodes one, two, and three, Lucas wrote, directed them, say what you will about them, but they're good Star Wars movies. They're Star Wars movies compared to what eight is. Episodes four, five, and six, Lucas wrote all of them. He didn't write the screenplays for five and six. He didn't direct five and six, but it was still him like, no, you're not doing that. I do not approve that at all. Then you come into seven, eight, and nine. The Force Awakens is okay. I don't like that Han Solo gets killed because... You know, Kylo. I knew is, it was coming. So Kylo hard. is so. You know, he's. I don't it know. Was, he's. Was them. He's just seems like he's Kyle gone overboard them. to be evil. No, yeah, but you like know, the thing you is, there's not too much. There, like seven, eight, nine. The issue with them, I think, is you have too many people working on them. Yeah. Like there's like technically Kathleen Kennedy is the torchbearer of Star Wars. Apparently not though, because seven and eight are way too drastically different movies, which I appreciate because I want something different each time. But not on complete opposite sides of the spectrum, or like a, you know, Brian Johnson but came in and wrote, said, "We'll screw One all this." So did a great job because they tied everything in together. Oh, that was there great! Was yeah, no question about. That's it. why I think Solo is going to be great because it's not relying yeah. on see, con- continuity was, I think, like I think the other what ones. They're doing are. is playing it safe though with the Star Wars stories that they're choosing. I mean, like you're choosing just a story to tie in, uh, getting the. Basically, getting the flash drive to yeah to, yes so and the, and 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 the way you, you knew, but you us as fans we already knew like it wasn't an easy road ahead and that's what they gave us it was a tough road I like, honestly just plans, loved that they right? killed everybody and off then with Han Solo you knew he was a cool badass but yeah like, you very know what suave, I mean? suave yeah. and that's what you're gonna get so it's like the expectations are I do like in the tra- I think in the, the trailers in the, didn't Han Solo go I have a good feeling about this yeah, I like how like, like yeah so he, yes. you know the expect your expectations they, are met because I, what right, with the stories I believe it's like you get like what you already kind of yes. go in knowing you go in knowing yeah I, I but I say. do like the I just really like the Rogue One because of I know everybody you know people had to die you knew that yeah, because exactly. of what they were willing to do exactly. to get the job exactly. done I just wanted like thirty percent more Vader like. And died. It was perfect. It was, yeah. Vader was perfectly used in that film, but I'll tell you what, I would have loved it even more if it was like the second half of the film is like after Krennic sees him, he's like, these guys aren't doing anything. I'm just going to go murder them. They're not helping. You know? oh, oh, Darth Vader. <laughs> he just goes around like trying to kill all the rebels. I thought that would have been cool. With well, Krennic... yeah. But I love that ending scene. That's a be- that, in my opinion, is the best Star Wars scene of all time. Yeah. Is Darth Vader was, at the end was, of the scene. That was terrifying. 
It yes, was. Yes. It was terrifying. And then they played the Imperial March, like, in reverse major or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, subconsciously, it all sounds familiar to you, but you yes. don't you got, get it. Got, it's so like, good. Because you, you got always... A, you got a heavy dose. You, it was a heavy dose, but a, a taste at the same yes. time. Yes. Because in like, A New Hope, he gets he onto the do, ship. But just a little bit. And, Sorry. you know, he's... You, but you see how they caught him. Yeah. You see what happens. So I, I really like that. Okay, so Did let's... You, uh, uh, just one quick question. Just how were you guys... What were you guys... What were you guys feeling like right before those plans got through the door? What were you guys... Were you I guys was like, oh like, my God. I was oh cheering God, for oh Vader, but I knew it was folly yeah, yeah. because I know Leia gets the plans. Yeah, I was like... Yeah. Well, I didn't know how she was going to get the plans. I it did... You know, I that, didn't know that. Yeah. So, I mean, when you're seeing them pound on the door and finally he, he <laughs> just slips it through the door, I thought... Oh my gosh! It was such a build-up. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that's how she got. Because think about that's how she yeah. got the plan. Yes, murder, just uh, this gruesome murder by Darth Vader. Just her ah. dad. And you know what? Yeah, that exactly. whole thing. <laughs> they were playing that that whole scene. Those rebels. This is why I don't like rebels too much in this like iteration of rebels before they're like really organized because they were really like chomping close to the bit there because like. So they're screaming, help us, help us, for like 30 seconds straight. And it's like, dude, the door's already halfway open. Get that thing in there before he gets even closer well, to you. He has the force. He has he a lightsaber. He was trying to they save were his ter- life. They were terrified, though. I know. They were again, really, you have to remember, they've not ever they seen, seen it. <laughs> they didn't know what the hell. You saw, you saw, they knew they were all going to die, and there oh, was a chance think, that the Death Star would not be blown up. I think, I think what happened was as soon as Darth Vader reappeared, when his lightsaber came out, and that just that silhouette of Darth Vader. Mm. Then that that if you guys look closely, the smoke that they put around, like the black yes. or smoke. Oh yeah, that's like, they were uh, they. And I like how the, their faces were like, what the? That's hell? what I'm saying. What, that's the best scene in Star Wars. Trapped in but right what now. was he doing all the time from the time Leia and Luke were born to that point? Because murdering more of I his because soldiers. She's Seventeen. I think he was just. I think he was really. I think hey. Darth Vader was really. Yes. Did you Darth say Anakin Vader, was 17? Darth no, Vader. No, I said Luke and Leia. They oh, no, were... I thought you said Anakin was 17 when he had Luke and Leia. I was like, no, 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 that no, young. No, 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 Darth no. Vader was making That's his statutory at that point. around the galaxy. Yes. That's what Darth Vader was building so the was, legend, Darth Vader. Right, right. Oh, so when that's exactly what he was doing. Yeah. So it's I like, know what he was doing. He is. Here he is. What there's, was he doing? There's another thing. I wanted to talk about it, and I forgot to write it down, but I'm glad I remembered it. Um, there's a Marvel comic series, Darth Vader. It's really good. And it's canon. It's like, you know, it tells the story. Like, it tells you how, like, what happened to Yoda's lightsaber. It tells you how Vader built his new lightsaber. Spoilers alert. You just built a new lightsaber. There's nothing mystical about it. Mm-hmm. Um, he did have training at the but temple. Yeah, in the yeah. recent issue, which I kind of read, I read bits and pieces of because I was in a hurry. Um, What was it? Oh, yeah. Vader finds out that, do you remember a guy, CSC10, I think his name was, he was in the he was like one of the minor Jedi in the prequels. He had like huge horns, like two long horns coming out the side of his face. Yes. Yeah. There was here. a there was a race like him who was also part of the Jedi during Order sixty six, and he's rebuilt a new Jedi Order. So like in this comic series, there's like an underground secret Jedi Order that Vader's like, what is going on? So that's what Vader's doing. Seven, well, I know he <laughs> yeah. sent out the Inquisitor to help to help you know it, because in the uh, the Rebels cartoons. We do know that he's doing that sort of thing, and he comes across Ahsoka and all that. So that's what he's doing in that 17 years between of the time when Luke and Leia were born to when he runs into Leia. I think they should point. do more movies and about I, Vader. I do. I, it'll be difficult because it's a man in a mask. So you don't get 
Imagine comparing Bane from The Dark Knight Rises and how his costume is uh-huh. to Darth Vader. Darth Vader is great in the scenes he's in, but imagine putting a two-hour movie where you don't see anything, you just hear it. Where as opposed to Bane, you don't see a lot, but he has those eyes. He has that intensity. He, you're able to see, see movement yeah. in his face even though his mouth and nose are covered. So I think that's it's well, like the issue isn't with the character. Work. The issue is with the prop design. So they're going to have to be like, well, well do we sh- see him out of the suit? How often do we see him out of the suit? Is it dangerous to see him out? You know, so there, there's a lot of be, stuff they have to tackle to do a movie yeah. on. Yeah, we could see him, you know, in the but I think healing it'd be great. place. You know, he's, I know he's on Mustafar seeking, he's trying to heal his body because it got pretty I think up. a really cool, like almost indie film of Vader where like half of it's like he's on a mission of whatever and he cut people in half all the time. He but the other half is is like an emotional, solo, dramatic kind of th- affair. Like when he's not doing this, he's stuck alone in an isolation chamber. Battling and with, and he's battling like, with the dark and the good. Yes, that's, yeah. that's what yes. I'm thinking. That's That'd what be a I great do. film. It'll be all close-ups. That's oh, what yeah. I would do with a Vader film. I know he doesn't have the expressions. But like I'll just make the if, music like really dim and just zoom in on like him just turning around looking. And like, even if you, I'm yeah, because remember he's me. got to get over Padme. He doesn't know that Padme's had the children. Yeah, so, or does he doesn't even know he as far as he goes. They're dead. He thinks that he had one child uh-huh. and that that child died with her, yeah. and so oh, he's yeah. getting over the he's getting over that feeling because he asked for Padme. At the end of Revenge of the Sith, because he's still his brain like, didn't get yeah. burned, right? Yeah. Right, his brain doesn't get burned, so he's got to get over that. And plus, he's got to deal with the guilt of yeah. of killing the children in the that's temple, what that's what killing all the. We're gonna have to so. in the future, like in one of the next few episodes, we're gonna have to do like uh, each of us come up with like a general synopsis of what our Star Wars movie would be like. Is it a spinoff? Is it episode 10 or whatever? Like, is it a Darth Vader flick? Right, I think that'd be cool. Right. Okay, so let's get to um, Jurassic Park. Real quick, before Jurassic Park. Wow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's another nerd thing. And I'm just, I'm going to do like a quick <laughs> two minute David review of something. Um, I love sci-fi. All sci-fi. One of my favorite shows before I discovered Star Trek was Lost in Space. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know that, that show's coming horrible. On Netflix. It's on Netflix. And I've been waiting for it forever, but I had this thing because... I, I love all the Netflix shows like, you know, Stranger Things, all the Marvel stuff. But my issue is, I go, when's it coming out? And then I'm obsessed with something for forever until it comes out and time takes forever to get there. So I knew Lost in Space was coming to Netflix as a, re, as a not a reboot, but a remake. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was coming this year. <laughs> that I didn't look anything else into it. And I was sitting down yesterday the day before. I'm like, scrolling through Netflix like, oh, it's on. Yeah, it's there. Uh, I watched the first eight episodes. There's ten Really good. Like, it's not super amazing. There's mildly annoying parts, like, with anything, because it gets stretched out. But I'm loving it. I love the design of the robot. I love all the actors. I really love, um, I think she's, I don't think she was in the original series. Yeah, there's there's a whole family. It's still the Robinsons, but I think, if I I haven't seen the 60s ones in a long time. So I think this was, like, a retcon, but they added a third child. And her name's Judy. She's actually my favorite character. She's the oldest, and she's mixed child. She's half African American, half white from a previous marriage. That like when I guess when uh, Maureen, I think that's the mother, when she was pregnant with him, then the other the actual Robinson dude came in. And but no, it is like if you haven't if if you just like sci-fi, watch it. It's really good. Judy is the same is the same name that was used in the cartoon uh, Space Family. Was it? Uh, yeah, because I, I, I couldn't remember anything. I, I know Penny and Will were their children right, hardcore, right. 
But I was like, Judy, it sounds familiar, but I know Judy wasn't in that horrible remake movie. <laughs> I liked it. I, I, I watched it from time to time. It's the horrible remake of Lost in Space is on Netflix, too. I also watched that recently because I was like, hey, why not? Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, it's on there. That was, it's terrible, but it's it's terribly sure good. Out. It's like you could still enjoy it, but you're just like, ugh. I don't know. I liked I liked the original Lost in Space, so I'm gonna have to definitely watch. It's very that. good. I'm I technically watched all ten because last night I couldn't sleep. So like around seven or eight when I did fall asleep, the, yeah, number the, uh, nine and ten were on. I know you didn't sleep because we came so, in and you were asleep on the couch. Yeah, but no, yeah, it's. No. I will like. To, the only like kind of weird thing with Lost in Space is it's very good in every single way, and this isn't necessarily a bad thing. But it's not so much lost in space. Yeah, it's so much lost on Wars another show. planet that looks exactly like Earth. <laughs> like all the all the all the set dressings are. Those are the redwoods. Those are some random trees in a forest. That's a desert. That's a glacier. It all looks exactly like Earth on the planet they're on. So it's kind of like if you really Maybe they start staring. Do a lot of CGI. Maybe. Well, that's the cool thing is even the robot in this thing isn't CGI. There's yeah. like a couple scenes in the first episode where he's like morphing into his new form where he's just. But it's a guy in a suit. And then it, just his face, like, because he has, like, this glass bobble thing with, like, sparkly stuff in it. That's CGI. But, no, yeah. Uh, really good. I'd recommend everybody check it out. Okay. So, but, yeah. what about our – we'll go to the last one. Then the last we, one. Then we finally then get we to the finally topic. we finally get to talk about our show. Hey, I think people would have probably been complaining for a while. There wasn't a lot of news, so they finally got it. Okay. Thank <laughs> but, you yeah, for giving uh, it to them. <laughs> Jurassic World, the new, the new and final trailer came out. And the only reason I'm bringing it up is Jurassic – like, there's – out of like all the fan things in the world, there's Star Wars, Star Trek, and then like maybe Indiana Jones, but Jurassic World's up there with everything else. I, and I then you have Jurassic like, Park is bigger than Indiana Jones, I think. I yeah, think Jurassic but Park is yeah. bigger than it depends you know on why? like because which part of the country you're on. They've yeah. kept going, and I think that Jurassic I, Park is definitely yeah. There. It, because it, it, I don't know. I I think the last. Um, Indiana Jones was kind of a disappointment, and yeah, yeah. yeah I liked it. So, yeah, that's I loved bad. all of them. No, I did too. I, I'm, I'm I loved all of them. Not gonna lie, okay. but um, the reason Jurassic Park, Jurassic World was so important to Star Wars was good, Star Wars the prequels wouldn't have gotten made when they did if George Lucas did not see what his technology that Steven Spielberg was using for Jurassic Park worked. That all that CG in the first Jurassic Park was like Lucas was like oh I can finally make one two and three now yeah so yeah. that's why it's important but no the trailer's really good and it does so I'm this one looked a little more different than like the other two or three trailers they showed a lot of the same scenes but like presented in a different manner and a lot of new scenes but I'm hoping it's not going to be kind of reminiscent of the most recent trailer which I liked because everything else before it looked like this was alien but with dinosaurs. And I was like, I want a horror. And John Bayonetta, the guy directing it, is like a hardcore Spanish horror director. Yeah. So I'm like, please let it be some but horror. But yeah, no, it's that's what I got gonna, from the last. Kids trailer, are not going to be able to watch this. More. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They, and they this finally the, showed this the trailer alone. If, it looks. Have a you lot seen darker. any of the new Jurassic World trailers at all? No. So you haven't seen like the like that shot of the girl laying in the bed, and there's just like a huge like claw, claw and then right just there. less. Like, because they're basically, you saw the last Jurassic World, though, right? With the big. No. I've not seen. Basically, any... they took the villain dinosaur <laughs> from the last one, miniaturized it, miniaturized it, and make it look more scary. And we haven't seen it in full glory until this today. Please don't be mad at me, guys. I've never watched any. No, of how could Jurassic we be mad at Park. you? Oh, I've no, never stop. watched any of it. You're gonna have to. You're gonna, have, you're gonna have to watch them. They're know. actually really good. We'll see. The trailer. Alan Grant, man. I know. Jeff I know. Goldblum. 
He is shirtless in the first one. Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not saying that's like, you know. I've seen him shirtless? in Earth Girls. Are <laughs> I easy. want that pop. There's a pop. There's like, you know, little pop. <laughs> I want the pop that's Jeff Goldblum shirtless in Jurassic Park. They have a, sh- like, you know, collared shirt open, laying down because he's injured. Oh, because Jeff Goldblum. Like, I've seen him in The Fly, too. He was good in The Fly. Oh, Jeff I really Goldblum? like The Fly. Yeah. I think that's one they should remake one day. No. Only because imagine the technology. It. They've already yeah. done it. I think once. the one with yeah. Jeff Goldblum in it was a remake. Yeah, it was uh, from the, the 1940s. So, yeah. 30s or 50s or whatever. I just think it would be cool to see a rendition of it now, just side note, with all the technology we have. Like, could know. you imagine how horrifying that thing would look nowadays? It would be icky. <laughs> I can't stand flights. <laughs> but, yeah, so we have a topic to discuss. Yes. Today, I'm. <clears throat> Today our show is What's in a Name? So we picked something from Star Wars, and we're going to tell you a little bit about it. And what gave me the idea was I was at a troop in Fullerton with the Rebel Legion, and my friend Mike and I started talking about it. We talked about my radio, our radio geonosis, and that's what gave us the gave me the idea for that. So is it Fullerton? Uh, excuse me, like a dangerous city? No. Okay, I've never okay. been there. Have I been there with you though? No. Okay. Oh, I know. She's been taking me to all these like I weird places Roscoe's I've never been to before. There. It was great. Roscoe's oh, yeah. Chicken and Waffles? No. Oh. It was a sandwich place. Sorry, I love Roscoe's. I said sandwich place. <laughs> Not that so, one, but the other one. Aaron, so. I'm going to have you go first. <laughs> all right. Well, um, What's in your name? Uh, I, for you didn't episode, do it because you were sleeping. No, I did. I did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine was uh, is TIE Fighters, and we spoke about it uh, off air, I guess I should say. And uh, I chose Tie Fighters because uh, the sound it make that was, that's what intrigued me before. That's I love that sound. Me, that's what intrigued me to do so. And um, so what I did was, I went I went through talking about the sound that it makes and how it came about, the the the, the influence it has on the culture, and the underground selling of the Tie Fighter models. The black self, market. Yeah, the black market basically Ooh, where, for the Tie for the Tie Fighter models. So um, the noise the noise and. I wouldn't have put this together. I didn't think that they combined an elephant call with a uh, car driving on wet pavement. That's yes, what I found out. Yes. But I know I didn't know I didn't know it was a I didn't know it was a car driving on wet pavement. I didn't know what That's like actually a what quick fun fact is all the sounds except for R2D2, which is hybrid, all the sounds for the original Star Wars movies are or, organic I think the car just put on together on yeah. would sound like that though. I, yeah. I wouldn't have put that together. Yeah. I yeah. I maybe I it was sped up. Yeah, to I, give I, it I, that sound. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I didn't Elephant call, yeah, absolutely. But a car driving on wet pavement. But it's got an amazing sound. Yeah, I mean, because they're they're super fast, and that sound makes it it makes it seem like yeah, they're really fast. Yeah, yeah, they're and you know, and they're built for going through looking through the topic like they're built for just aerial just. You know, one thing I didn't like about them if you watch them, they move just like right, right, they move just yeah, pretty quick, pretty quick, pretty quick. I hate how they're like side dishes that are yeah, they're basically just solar panels with just a. Well, in the middle. Yeah. coming from somebody who's you know, like raised in the Air Force, it's like the one thing you want. Now, granted, there's probably technology inside it that circumvents this, but the yeah. one thing you want is field of view when you're flying something. Yeah. Well, you so you're in a little that. ball that has like. <laughs> hey, I look at it this way. You got to put them in those ships. They got to be stackable. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I think, I think it, are, it's all cost-effective empire. I, I think there are windows behind them, though. I think. Yeah, and, there and are. the new ones, the, the tie ones are. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then like the new like four-star ones, and then like they also kind of helped it with the tie interceptors, which have the like. You've played Battlefront, yeah, though. You've yeah, seen the tie interceptors. Yeah. They have those slots yeah, the in between the, the wings, the, so you can kind of see out of them. Yeah, the interceptors have the two cannons like on the side. 
Yeah. But I think everything may have, you know, those two panels on the sides may have been like uh, something that's really needed if you're by a sun or something, you can charge Yeah, you just charge, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's where the concept came from, just two solar panels with just a cockpit in in the middle. And then then George Lucas and... uh, and I, I, some, someone else went in and just was like, yeah, we need to add a window right here. Right, right. This just needs to be where everything is. Just because it, it's, a one, it's a one-man ship. So to yeah. me, yeah, it, it's they're maybe because they're smaller, they can go a lot faster. Maybe that's the, that was the functionality. That was, yeah, that was their function yeah, they, was yeah. they had moderate firepower, but they had no armor and they were fast. That was their purpose. Yeah, they, it was they, just they like... Were just built, they were just built to just And then like the Interceptor was go. even faster. The bomber was really heavy armor-plated and really yeah. slow. So like... But like that original rendition of Tie Fighter was like cheap, does damage, and it can get away, <laughs> you know, like because they then, didn't even have shields yeah, at all. And then Kylo Ren's one being called the Silencer, it really doesn't even make much noise. I at love all. his the design his, of yeah, that ship. Yeah, though. yeah, his is his is sick. You, you really got to look at it though in the new one though. Yeah, because he was really in, in episode in episode yeah. eight because he was. I love I I loved all the reference I got for it. Sound, visual, yeah. weapon wise, in Battlefront Two, when you could play as it yeah, as the hero it, ship, yeah, oh, it is so beautiful. It really is. It is so beautiful. And how they design? Oh, I'm just sorry. It's, yeah, it's yeah. so good. I was gonna. I was gonna. That's I'll my most you. favorite right, recent ship design. Going. I'll ask you that off air, and then um, and I'll and I'll jump right into the uh, the un- the basically the black market selling of the Tie Fighter models, which I find for, amazing. Yeah, for the for one of the most expensive ones, going for four hundred two thousand dollars, and right underneath that, three hundred and fifty. Now is, is this is, for the original models from the show or from like some shit are, you could buy for fifteen bucks? Yeah, Excuse my language. Yeah, yeah, for the film, for the from the film. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, sold at an auction. Oh, oh you're okay. talking yeah, about but, used as movie props. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. So the actual model. Can that you they imagine actual, finding that at a garage sale? Yeah, I, I remember. I remember <laughs> used to watching just the speed, the speed channel, like Speed Vision, like the Speed Channel back in the day. They would have the auction, like you know, you would auction off the Batmobile, just stuff right, like that. Right. Yeah, but yeah. You'd be surprised. Four hundred thousand dollars. And what'd you find at garage sale? I found the Darth Vader with the yellow. And was it the yellow ever? Like the original one is like worth like more than my college even, education. Yeah, but even I found one of those models. and I bought it for a dollar at a garage sale. <laughs> even toy models going for like upwards of ten, twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, too. because it, you're talking about the ones in the boxes where they. Yeah, is yeah. it still in box or is it? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's still in box. Okay. I'm, okay. I, Do you I, should I, actually I like WonderCon the the Street Fighter. Just models were going for like almost. Up I know, like 3, isn't that amazing? That was crazy. I'll, I'll, I'll send you some like really cool insane. like YouTube videos about Star Wars toys and props and how like their evolution and cost yeah. everything because it's really interesting yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean Star Wars aside is really interesting. That's 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 mine basically. The, the gist of the gist of. What Did I you want me to do mine? You want to go ahead? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll go last since I usually write a book, but... Mine's let, deep wait, cuts. Hey, hang on. I've got something for you. A fun fact. Now, oh, this is a good one. Now, remember we talked about um, James Bond, uh-huh. and we talked about how you really like Daniel Craig. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you know this, but Daniel Craig is one of the stormtroopers in um, The Force Awakens. Remember uh, when Ray... Did you not know that? When, remember when Ray is tied up. And yeah. she tells the stormtrooper, "You're going to un- untie Jedi me." Mind trick. Right? Yeah, that's untie Daniel me. Craig. I didn't right. know that. That's Daniel about... Craig. I knew. And he I... says, "He says um, you will untie her. You will untie me and drop your weapon." And he's like, "You're rebel scum." You know, he tells her. Yeah, that. He, and then she yes. like tries harder. It doesn't to even sound like it. Yes, no, but it, it is scum. Daniel Craig. 
Because yes. that's how I knew it was him. Because I knew back before Force Awakens came out, he had a cameo. But I was like, they're probably going to cut it. They always cut the cool cameos like that. Then I'm sitting there in the theater and I hear his voice. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so it is Daniel Craig. So I, I thought you'd like that. I had no idea. Thank yes. you so much. I do like I don't, that. See, actually. I always like to give you the Easter eggs. Thank you. I do, I do appreciate that. <laughs> I didn't know that was him. Yes. I didn't either until somebody was telling me. But I do know that um, both the princes from uh, England uh-huh. were in the new movie, in the uh, the Last Jedi. They I think were, I heard something about they that. They were yeah. stormtroopers. They were stormtroopers? They were stormtroopers. Oh, and uh, that like Tom Hamill, Hardy was supposed to be an Imperial officer, but they cut his out completely. Mark Hamill was very excited. They were on set. And that they were stormtroopers, so I we don't know which ones they are. Mark they Hamill, were, Mark Hamill, technically has awesome a voice though. cameo in Episode Eight. I think awesome. it's the little dude who's putting the coins in BB-8. Yeah. that's Mark Hamill doing the voice of him. I think oh, it was that one. Green, that little, yeah, that little green thing? that's one of that little gambler guy. Yeah, 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 with the, yeah. I with thought that, that was <laughs> like people hated the whole casino scene, but I thought that was so cute, I like him walking scene. up to BB-8, like, like intoxicated and thinking he's a slot machine. I, I just, you know, it was. I didn't like that. I was like, that's what I'm like when I'm in Vegas. I don't know. It just wasn't, I thought, "Eh, that's not really not necessary kind of thing. It wasn't necessary to the plot at all, but it was really cool to see. And I was like, why is animal rights so big in this? <laughs> Did something happen <laughs> recently that I do not know about? Was there like a massive conduct, like Kentucky Derby slaughter or something? No. Because like, <laughs> I, I was <laughs> really, con- like, I'm all for animals. I love animals and I will never <laughs> let harm come to one. But I was like, man. just wondering why <laughs> I have a lot of cats. Okay. Don't judge me. Get to yours. Okay. Mine's deep cuts. Mine is the Sarlacc. Oh. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You did say you had a good one. Oh, yeah. You did. So, you okay, the tell Sarlacc is The Sarlacc is actually the name of the species. Mm. It's not just like, the Sarlacc is the great, like, the great pit of Carcoon in episode six is a Sarlacc, where they're throwing the people off into. You know what? Um, real quick, doesn't that remind you of Tremors? It does a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it does. It does. It does. Yeah. It does. Okay. So, I'm trying to figure out. Which order to go in? Because I I, I have everything about this. <laughs> um, I guess I should tell you about how Sarlacc babies are made first. That would be interesting. Well, let me tell you about Sarlacc babies first and then how they're made. So, Sarlacc babies are spores which turn into larvae. And spores are jettisoned. gross already. Like it the spores itself. Jeez. <laughs> Keep uh, going. The spores themselves are like jettisoned into space. And then they just like hop around and go, oh, this planet's good enough. Settle there. Is that how they end up on a rock? I mean, where where Leia and um, Han Solo end up flying inside yeah, of it? Yeah, right Maybe that's no. That's not a sarlacc. Okay. That's a, that's a, that's a worm thing. This is a, 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 the, the a space worm. Sarlacc okay. is whatever just throw people over. It yeah, and they're like, Marr. yeah. Um, okay. So they'll find a place now in their first stage of like adolescence. They when they're in their larval form, they kind of look like a mini sarlacc, and they'll actually move. They'll burrow. Like they'll burrow underground. Stop a little bit, wait for prey, you know, stuff, etc. And as they mature in life, like they actually, okay, we're gonna have to go back a little bit. Um, Sarlaccs are both part of the animal kingdom and the plant kingdom, but they're more on the plant kingdom side. So like they're kind of like this weird hybrid. So then, like the sarlacc itself is like this massive, like what was like three hundred meters? Like that's how big it is. Yeah. And it has these multiple tentacles that are like roots that come off and they'll just eventually become immobile. That's why that one in Tatooine has always been there. Mm. And they have lifespans of up up to like from 30 to 100,000 years old. Like that's how long they can live. And on top of that, they're technically immortal because if one of the small larval ones is ingested by a predator, it'll just eat the predator from the inside out and just be like, I'm done. Oh, wow. So it's pretty hardcore. Now this one I kind of don't get. Is how they reproduce. I get how they reproduce, but I don't get this. I don't get how. So they. Reproduce. they so <laughs> reproduction comes with maturity, correct? Like you have to mature, 
And when sarlaccs are mature, they're immobile. So how they reproduce is a male will find a female, and there's sexual dimorphism among sarlaccs. Females are bigger than males. Male will find That's a female. Should be. They'll attach to them, <laughs> and the male will actually – it's not absorbing so much. Like They'll actually like feed off of and absorb the female in a parasitic way to where she is nothing, and it's like its own entity after it. To where like the female kind of doesn't exist ever anymore, and then he'll utilize her egg sac, you know, fertilize it, and then shoot the spore into space. What I'm confused about is if they're immobile at that stage in life, how does a male find a female? Who came up with this? I don't know, but I love it. <laughs> um, they like, did. <laughs> no, it's just a, like general anatomy. It sound like a horror film. It is. What you see in Return of the Jedi with the spikes? Right. That's the mouth. Yeah. Then it has right. tentacles that can come out, which are like secondary tongues. Then its main tongue is that beak that comes out. That's its actual tongue. And inside is another secondary tongue for whatever. I f- it has a but purpose. But they say Almost that like Boba Fett wasn't, he got thrown down in there, but he wasn't killed. But no, I'm, oh, I'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> oh, but, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm getting um, ahead of it. I'm getting ahead with a larva. Technically, it works. <laughs> I didn't have that written down, but I figure I'll touch base on that one, okay. too. Um, but, yeah, that's, you know, that's their mouth. stays open. Then the, they have the beak, which people think is the mouth. That's their tongue. It comes out, eats people. Um, it's kind of interesting how they feed. They have two options. They have multiple stomachs. One for, like, I'm not going to eat for a while because I don't care. I'm just going to put, like, the super hardcore stuff in here, and then I'll eat it over time. That's where, like, the 10,000 years of digestion comes from. So, like, if a bantha or a crate dragon or something massive comes by that it can ingest, it's going in that secondary stomach so it doesn't have to eat for a long time. But, like, Han Solo and everybody else that eventually would have fallen in there, they're going to go into the main stomach, be eaten. Kind of cool. What's really psychotic, though. Move, you know, they're smaller. Yeah. They're smaller, so they'd be moving around, like, Ew. fighting. That, that's terrible. <laughs> I would never want to be inside one. Um, no. They, and for this reason. <laughs> Sarlax no, are no, no, no. somewhat telepathic because um, they're semi-sentient. They're not fully sentient like animals or humans are. They're like kind of there. But when they ingest something, whether it's an animal or a humanoid, they will do two things. Essentially inadvertently torture that being while it's still alive mentally because it's assimilating all its memories and like oh, feelings and stuff. Wow. So that's how it kind of gains its sentience is like – it could uh, just from eating something, it's absorbing like the life history of whatever yeah. it was eating. So that's kind of like I never wanted. That, like, gosh darn man, they really had to go screw deep the ten thousand years digestion because you know oh, like yeah, I'll be really dead in two days. But something up. yeah, man, what were they? Something that would really, be me doing. Yeah. Did he something. have like a high fever when he came up with this idea? <laughs> this is it all like high. after Return of the Jedi too. So this is like a collaboration of multiple writers, and oh, it's all okay. legends. It's like. I don't know what of this is now canon since it's not canon anymore, but... It kind of has to be because... Up to 300 meters under the surface. Oh, 100, not 300. 100 meters. Well, some so of still like have 400 feet Because you can't get rid of The Empire Strikes Back. No. Or uh, Return, Return of, of Jedi. the Jedi. You can't get rid of that, so it's got to still be there. Yeah. Because it's in the movie. That's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It doesn't have a skeletal structure at all. The only... Semi-skeletal like structure snake, right? is well. Skeletons have no skeletons have a skeletal structure. The I mean, snakes, snakes do. do. They just have like a massive rib cage and a head. Like this, the only essential like calcium-based, I guess you call it, organic material, is its teeth that are like just in that maw that just hangs out. So everything else is just mushy. Everything else is all muscle and roots, like, a, like uh, root like kind of like octopus, but like hard muscle, not so much soft, soft and too. okay. 
Um, let's see. There was some other cool stuff. Carry my own handwriting. Um, let's see. <laughs> Smell. Oh. Oh, yeah. This is one of my favorite things. This they, In Star Wars Universe, in Legends, there was a galactic pet trade. And there's essentially like miniaturized sarlaccs that were grown so like people could have like a sarlacc pet. Now I don't know how hardcore that goes. Like if it's like, oh, I have a little Venus flytrap sarlacc. It's for my kid. Or if it's like, I'm a gang member and I have one that's only like three feet long, but I could still throw enemies into it. So I don't know like exactly on what spectrum <laughs> that pet trade is. Right? I don't know if that was. I don't know where that like because all this is just random. Like this is all out of my book. It's a huge. Like collaboration of anything that was legends about this subject. Okay, mm. I, I'm pretty sure there's footnotes as to where exactly specific things came from, but I was like, eh, people don't need to know that. They can look it up, unless they don't know how to do research. Um, wow. Okay, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Larva, the larva is mobile. The mature aren't. Um, let's see, because I have only a couple more things. I want to hear about Django. I mean, about Bo Boba Fett. So Boba Fett. He gets thrown in there. He gets thrown he in there. Is. Like a, like, oh, I can't use profanity. But he gets thrown in there like, you know what? And like a baby back, you know what? And <laughs> um, he survives. Originally, like, I'm pretty sure he'll still survive in this canon because everybody wants but a Boba Fett movie. how does he survive? Um, does he, gets, he cut himself out? It's or? his armor. Because he's wearing, is he wearing Beskar? I think he is actually wearing Beskar Gam because Django didn't wear Beskar Gam. And that's why Django got his head cut off. So, um, because Besker games like lightsabers can't even penetrate it. So it was a mix between his skill, the armor he was wearing, all the like the literally. But he gets but he's shot all, he's or like, something in the movie, doesn't he? No, he gets he gets knocked. Uh, Han Solo hits his jetpack sure. and it like misfires oh, okay. and he just falls in. So, but actually, because of Boba Fett, that's where a lot of in the universe where a lot of the information that they could never get before the Sarlacc came because his helmet sensors picked up all that was going around him, and that's how they determined it was more plant than animal, stuff like that. So, yeah, he did escape, and there's actually a really cool... I wonder how he escaped. Did he cut himself he out? He climbed out. Probably jetpacked I, out. I, I think the first ever, like, you know, because I, I think it's been, like, rewritten once or twice, but, like, the first ever canonized version back in the day of Boba Fett getting out, I think it was in a comic book, and he's, like, crawling himself out. And I think that might even be before the Sarlacc was retconned to have that beak. Cause if you remember in the original one, it was just a hole. Like it didn't right, have the little beak right, coming right. out, but so he gets out and I want to make sure there's nothing else before I get to this last thing. Yeah. Cause I have, um, yeah. Uh, over time they'll find, you know, as they're mobile, they'll find suitable places to stay and then they'll just stay there forever. That's why that one is in the desert. The carcoon one is in the desert because it can be left alone, and it's also like math, massive bantha herds and stuff. Sand people like there's like not like a massive you know lunch mobile coming by every day, yeah. but when lunch comes by, which it will, it's going to be a big one. And then um, <laughs> so in old canon, in legends, there were confirmed six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Okay, I'll just do it. There were, these are all the confirmed known Sarlaccs of the galaxy. There's two on Felucia. There's one on Argonar. There's one on Chad. One on Tanab. One on Dervonian. I think that's how you pronounce it. One on Dothamir. One on Daron. Oh, the witches had one. Two on Socorro. And four. There's four on Tatooine. 
That's not the only one there. You know, I don't know if you noticed that in, I believe it was in the first part of the movie when they're walking through the desert, there is some sort of carcass out there. Oh, yeah, it's the the crate dragon. Okay, okay. Crate dragons are, see, that's the thing. I was so torn to do Sarlacc because I wanted to do three. We're going to have to do a crate dragon next time. Because I wanted to do crate dragon and I wanted to do the Yuzen Vong. So nobody's taking Yuzen Vong. I'm okay. doing that one day. Wow. But I have a quote. He just threatened us. I have a... This was, so, this was a quote Dude. from an unnamed Jedi in just in a book or comic or whatever. It's not um, I thought it was really not cool. Be- he, was in the, he was in the desert. Not it was, everything's Obi-Wan. It was Obi-Wan. Well, technically... No, he was un, it was unknown. They would have said it was Obi-Wan. But I think it was interesting because as you saw, out of, out of the list Old of... Ben. Out of the list of confirmed planets the Sarlaccs are on, Tatooine has the most. At four. Um, the quote is, it's rare for a Sarlacc sport to survive landing in a desert environment. They're best suited to wet climates, but could survive anywhere. But like that, they, it's extremely difficult for them to, once they get there, to survive and reach maturity. And yet, confirmed legends, the most Sarlaccs on a planet is four, and it's Tatooine, which is a desert planet, which is arguably the most inhospitable place for them. So I just thought that was kind of cool, like... Why would you put four there? But maybe adapted. because maybe, maybe they're because there it's a big planet and it's got a lot of sand, mm-hmm. so they can burrow down. Oh easily. yeah, easily. But no, yeah, that was that's the sarlacc. We and don't and and here here we can throw this out. It could have been maybe Boba Fett. I mean, um, I can't even think. Django of Fett, Boba Fett, no, Han no, Solo, no, Obi Wan Kenobi, Jabba no, the Hutt. Jabba the Hutt. He yeah. put them out there. I'm like, keep going, keep going. Oh, wait, Jabba the Hutt put the Sarlaccs out there? Yeah. Oh, no, because these were like 10,000 years, like thousands, like the okay. cartoon one was like 30 or 40,000 okay, years old by then. But I, I'm saying he could have put them out there to protect I wouldn't be surprised if one day, well, technically that one was Jabba's pet, but I wouldn't be surprised if like one day they, they did like a Jabba thing or whatever, like Jabba's just in a movie or a show. And like in his little castle, he's like one of those mini pet ones that he could throw people in. That'd be cool. He could. He could. He could. A, I mean, he's eating good. live frogs already. You know, he had might a as well execute people there. Yeah. Oh, the rancor would be a good one to do. It's yeah, cross between a potato and a bear. A, he had a rancor. <laughs> that's potato what they, and a bear. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> how they described the, the well, what the rancor icky. was. He looks icky. Oh, I think there was one more thing about the sarlacc. I just want to make sure. Oh yeah, fun fact behind the scenes. I'll have to show you guys a video. Maybe I'll post one on Facebook too. I just thought it was really cool. Like. They actually jumped into the Sarlacc pit. Like they in Arizona, they built like sand dunes, built the Sarlacc pit. Then there's a hole. You fall through the hole, padded stuff. I just thought it was like kind of really cool. Yeah, that was cool to see. Like there was actual stuntmen, you know, jumping in inside it and stuff. And it's not cut and edited the way, but the head stunt guy is the first guy to go in to make sure it's safe and everything. But you know, he's like the third guy I think that goes in in the actual movie. Ah! It's not working. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, you imagine? that's her. Yeah. Man, oh, yeah. That's the Sarlacc, the greatest thing ever. Okay, guys. So mine is, my what's in the name is Geonosis. Mm. And because we have the radio station, I, I was talking to my friend, like I said, Mike, and he, uh, we started talking about it. And so it got me to looking into Geonosis. So I wrote a little bit about what Geonosis is, and then we'll, we'll go into the I rest. will say... I like the termite structures of Genosis. I thought it was like a cool design that we didn't see in Star Wars before. Yeah, I I will t- I, I, I like that too. In in Star Wars, Genosis is a world with red skies and forbidding mountains. It is the it is in the outer rim of the galaxy. It is the separatist stronghold. This planet manufactures deadly uh, battle droids. Genosis is the planet that became the turning point 
in Star Wars. Do I have you a question. That? Yeah, it, it that's where the battle was. Because the right, droids were but there. It, but it the clones becomes, came there. Right, but it becomes a turning point uh, with a lot of things. Before the battle on Naboo, the Geonosis Army, um, the Geonosis Army, the Trade Federation, with battle droids, they 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 invade Naboo, right? They they yeah. they all get to because they get together, they invade Naboo because they're they're doing that as uh, as far as for Palpatine. They're doing it for Palpatine. Yeah, they're kind of like like they would have done it anyways, but Palpatine coerced them so he can right, you know get right, in on it. Right, because this is his plan, his working, his plan workings. In secret, the Geonosis helped develop the plans for the Death Star. So that's one thing that happens on Geonosis. Geonosis becomes the most valuable planet in Dooku's Confederate and um, Confederacy and plays host to the meeting of top separatist leaders. It's at this time Obi Wan discovers the scope of the threat and warns the Jedi Council. Geonosis is where Mace Windu kills Jango Fett. Boo! It's where Padme and Anakin confess their love for one another. And this is where Anakin... Wait, but Anakin was like, at, when they were having dinner, like, I want to bang you, but you won't let me. And she's like, get away from me. Didn't he confess his wow. love in that scene? <laughs> okay, I summarized the scene. I'm sorry. No, but I think that she confesses her love and he says, you love me. But I mean, they pretty much... They pretty much... They get... finally confess their love. They finally accept that they love each other, I guess you could say. Right. Anakin loses his hand there, so here here we becoming Darth Vader. Oh, yeah, that's right. That many Jedi are killed in the big battle. It's where clones are introduced into battle for the first time. Mm -hmm. So why does George Lucas pick this planet for all this to happen? Could it have something to do with John Carter? Maybe, because it is kind of Marsy. Yeah. I can in, see that. In John fact, the film Attack of the Clones came out of almost came out almost instantly both ta when it came out um, both Tatooine and Geonosis shared the barren landscape of Barsoon that's this was in the John Carter books um, both Star Wars attack uh, okay so both Star Wars attack of the clones scenes is the next is um, the arena it's almost the same arena I'm getting my notes confused it's almost the same arena that is used in the John Carter books. Side note. I want those arenas like in real world. Cause like, you know how, you know how much crime would stop if we had a, like an arena and like every few hundred miles and we executed people publicly and we all just came out there and hung out. Right. Right. The and Gino's these, ends got it right. These books were written a hundred years ago and it says the Nexus could very well be the inspiration for John Carter's well, Camelot. No. Yeah. Cause, Lula. uh, like, John Cal Carter was, Lula. like, one of the big ones right. that was inspired yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, Once again, you got to read or in listen the, to that book. I can tell you about. It says Kalat Wula. Kalat Wula? Yeah. It, I believe that's in the John Carter, uh, John Carter, John Carter, John Carter books. Yeah. Here's a quote from uh, George Lucas in 1977 issue of Science Fiction Review. Originally, I wanted to make a Flash Gordon movie with all the trimmings but I couldn't obtain all the rights. So I began research and found where Flash Gordon's creator, Alex Raymond, got his idea. It was the first, it was the works of Edgar Rice Burroughs, especially John Carter. His scientific, his, it was like a, he had more like sci-fi books. Maybe the way the story was described in John Carter stood out, it, it kind of stood out to George and that's why he decided to do it Almost like that, mm -hmm. because it really did. Show you it, it really did strike a chord with him.
But he chooses Geonosis as a special place because a lot of things happen on this planet. And that planet is where they had, like, the battle. You have that battle scene that looks almost like what's in described in the movie. I believe it's Princess from Mars. I believe mm-hmm. that's what it was. But it's described exactly the same. Yeah. So maybe that's why he picks this as a special thing or a special... He chooses Geonosis as a special thing. That's the book you have to read or listen to. For the fans listening, it's called How Star Wars Conquered the Universe, The Past, Present, and Future of Multi-Billion Dollar Franchise by Chris Taylor. Like, all this stuff that Angie's talking about, if you just love the background stuff about Star Wars, like... I do. This yeah. this book is... It's like... The audiobook itself is like 25 hours long. It's massive. But it's so. cool. But I, I think it's kind of cool that he used this. He it, it obviously must have struck a chord with him. So yeah. that's why he chooses Geonosis for all of this stuff to happen. Because we even see Mace Windu jump down and survive that, that long jump. We see a lot of things going down on Geonosis. Probably because it had that John Carter connection. I really liked how they did the... Um the actual battle once they get out of the arena there. Because, granted, we didn't see much of it at all once we get out of the arena because it focused on, you know, the Jedi. I really liked how it was, there's an army, there's an army, smack. Like, they just run <laughs> at each other to kill each other. But this is our first yeah. time where we, we see the we see them in the, on Konomi. I can never say that right. What? Wait. The the clones. We see the clones Camino. on Camino. Camino. Mm-hmm. But we don't see them in action. But they... They are in action on Geonosis. They're called out, especially to for ba- this. To battle, yeah. To battle, especially yeah. on, for this. For this. Yeah. So why? Why did he choose that? Maybe Shoot. because maybe because it did have that John Carter connection. And when he first started making the movies, he did the he did the romantic scene. He did the swashbuckler. He did you know he introduced. Oh no, us. he he did every trope of what mythology is. Right. Ter- so that's why I could see that because John Carter. Even though it's super heavy early sci-fi, once again pulls a lot from mythology, which George Lucas does. So I could see, I could, I would, I would easily, I do accept that as a valid explanation of Geonosis that it's very heavily influenced by uh, John Carter. That book might have even said something about it too. I don't remember. Yeah, because he he <coughs> talked about it in the interview in 1977. He he in fact but said that that was the I like reason how why. How you brought up the Flash Gordon stuff? Just side note because the book talks about it. Like there's like a whole chapter or two on like. 30, 40, maybe even an hour long about George Lucas he wanted with that. Flash Gordon, yeah. just being inspired by it, loving it, wanting to make a Flash Gordon-esque thing, then wanting to make Flash Gordon. Like, but that why, whole, like, history was like a decade or two thing. Oh, I think, I know it's in the book. I know it's in the book. But I think it was because they didn't want to give the, I, what was it? Because they had just did the Flash Gordon movie at one point with Sam what was the name? He was the cokehead in Ted. Anyways, but they did the remake. <laughs> but I think there was something like multiple studios or something owned like bits and pieces or something. It was like a really strange reason that was like, oh, he's never going to get the rights to Flash yeah, Gordon. Yeah, because I don't like, think... Like nobody now could probably get those rights. Right, yeah. right. Because I don't yeah. think anybody has. And I mean... and I think Universal I... might own Flash Gordon in rights, my... actually. That's why Disney wants Universal now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? That'd be kind of cool because I was really interested into that to the Universal Monster Movie universe that they did, that they started with the mummy off and screwed up. Right. Disney could take that and go away with it. I like the original mummies, just just saying. I, I, like, like I just love all those... Ho- I love Hammer Horror, like all that stuff. And I like when they said they were going to bring back... Uh, t- tangent, I'm sorry. Like the mummy, 
Frankenstein, a new Dracula, a new Invisible Man, which Johnny Depp was cast to play. I was like, I am in. And then that mummy came out with Tom Cruise. I still haven't seen it. I want to. But everybody yeah, was like, it was yeah. terrible and made no money. So now that universe is on the shelf. But Disney should buy Universal just so they could do the Universal monster movies. Yeah, because those are And they could revamp all the Universal parks, too. I like. I, who doesn't oh. like Bela Lugosi as, hmm. as Dracula? I loved him. Yeah. But I did. I Christopher did like, Lee is better. Yeah, I did like but, him that. And I did like um, Dracula Untold. Yeah, Dracula Is that the uh, Gary Oldman one? No. Oh, wait, that was the one that came out a few years ago, That's wasn't it? That's Bran Stroker's Dracula, which was, yeah. he was so good in that. Yeah, that one was. He that, was really good in that. That's such that. a trippy movie, too. Yes. But, oh, Dracula Untold, that one came well. out in, like, the 2000s, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, okay. Did not do well at all. I was kind of disappointed. I like. I really liked I liked it. the, I liked the, like, the movie wasn't super awesome, but I liked the portrayal of Dracula in that Van Helsing movie with Hugh Jackman. I know. That was one of my. He was super Transylvanian Dracula. I was like, he took it to 150. Bravo! Yeah, he was great. I love Van Helsing. Is one of my favorites. I always watch it on Halloween. Netflix should do a Van Helsing. You know how cool Van Helsing TV show on Netflix? If it was like, if they gave it like mature rating too. There's an idea. Yeah, that is. That's true. Yeah. Hire me, Netflix. Hire me and Aaron. We'll write it. (laughs) (laughs) But I do. I do. Like I said. You know, I, I chose Geonosis because of Mike, so thank you, Mike. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. But I did, you know, I did think that, you know, he, what goes down there, all the um, all the different things that happen there, it's a it's a big turning point. Like, in terms of Star Wars plot, like, you know, the war starts, find out that the Sith are there, find out the Sith are behind it, find out that Padme and Anakin are, like, embracing the love they have for each other, even right. after... Padme was like, get out of here, tiny boy. Like, after all that, like, it's funny, because, like, at Geonosis, like, all the major plot points that turn Darth Vader into who he is and that exterminate the Jedi, they don't start at Geonosis, but that's where they all come together right, to, exactly. like, blow up. Yeah. And you, I think, actually, that's that's probably where Obi-Wan and Yoda figure out that they have a love for each other. Because, remember, she falls... Obi-Wan and Yoda love each other? Cool! Oh. No. They find out that Anakin, <laughs> Anakin and Padme have a love for each other mm-hmm. because remember she falls out of the ship, and he tell um, Obi Wan. I have an Obi Wan fact later. Obi Wan tell. I, well, I love him. <laughs> I have a, actually have I'm a really. It's a fact that I didn't know when I discovered today. Okay, so he she falls out of the ship with the clone trooper, and um, he he says, "Stop the ship! You, I, we got to go back and get her." Mm-hmm. And right then and there, I think both of both Obi Wan and Yoda kind of figure out what's going on. But also, there's one part when after they fight Count Dooku, this is Obi-Wan and Anakin fight Count Dooku. They, they both get injured, remember? Yeah. And they, they, so Yoda rushes in and he fights Dooku and all that. Remember, when Padme runs in, does she run into... She runs straight to Anakin, like, exactly. past Obi-Wan. And they're just yeah. sitting there like, they're, what? Like, Obi-Wan's kind of stumbling around, yeah. but she's, she's Anakin. They, they know at this point. But you know what? I'll they tell know, you... Both of them know at this point. Don't act surprised. Yeah. You know. I've never had my arm cut off before, but if I was it one of those two Jedi, like I would rather have my arm cut off pending we have that technology than get stabbed in the leg by, like, in, the, in your quadricep muscle by a lightsaber. You know how painful that must have been? Screw losing your arm. <laughs> I mean, that, of course, that, in Star Wars universe, the little stab is going to heal in like 10 you're seconds. Talking but about, you're talking about Obi-Wan. Yeah, when he gets stabbed. Yeah, and he stands up. He's all wobbling around the point. Did you want to hear my Obi-Wan fact, though? Yes, I do. 
I don't know. I don't know if you'll like it or not. So. Oh, he's a drinker and a and a womanizer. So, but, but I... it's more of an Alec Guinness who played Obi Wan. Okay. So Alec Guinness, amazing actor. Um, apparently, people have known this for years. I just didn't. Um, and we confirmed. We're gonna uh, learn now. Confirmed yeah, yeah, uh, at the time and throughout his whole life. Confirmed. Uh, nobody, you could have never guessed it. Bisexual and borderline gay. Uh, Ian McKellen, who plays uh, Gandalf in Lord of the Rings, almost outed him. They were close friends. I just thought that was kind of cool. Like you would, I would have never suspected that. But now that I see it, that he has that like touch of he does have like a touch of feminism as Obi Obi Wan, like how he cares for his um like his his delicate. I don't even see the point in this. Well, no, I just thought it was a cool fact because I can see how that how his not his lifestyle because not his lifestyle, but who he was. I could see how that kind of like translated a little bit into how he portrayed. Well, I would say he liked ladies and men because he he was married for like ever. And he did love his wife, but he liked men. Too. I also know that there are men who love their wife that do not like women at all. So, <laughs> but no, I just thought it was cool because if you watch his, I, cause I rewatched him today. I just watched on YouTube. I just Googled all of since I all was of working, his, it's um, so long. Oh, yeah, you were just kidding. <laughs> but no, I, I watched all the Obi-Wan. Some of us have um, to pay bills. <laughs> I watched the Obi-Wan Alec Guinness scenes and you could tell there's just this like, like his act you just want outside to taint of his, this man. No, I don't want to taint him. I think it's awesome that he's. You know. just want to ruin no, my it, it, love you could for see... him. <laughs> That's not ruining your love for him. We'll stop that. Plus, you like Ewan McGregor, not I do. Alec Guinness. Hello, Alec Guinness is good looking for his age. Anyways, I mean, he's I dead just now. Thought he had, so. you know what? He was very. He was funny. He had a lot of one-liners. Oh yeah. And I do like the fact when he's when they're in the in the bar and he's talking to Han Solo and Han Solo says, I make that castle run in 12 parsecs. But you should watch. Then he's like, should I know this? <laughs> like, that will... like, is it important? <laughs> I'm telling you, when I first time I heard that, I was cracking up. Because, should I have? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is it important? You know, like it's no big deal. I really like his his campy, you know, talk of like, almost like I don't care. And, and Obi-Wan even young Obi-Wan is kind of like that because he's telling his master in the very first movie, um, The Phantom Menace, you were right about yeah. one thing. Negotiations were shit. Yeah. You know, because he... He is funny. He's, he's a smart ass. Big, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, big, <laughs> <laughs> he is. He really is. But he had no right. He had no right to tell Anakin, you will be expelled from the Jedi Order for going after Padme. This guy had five women on the leash. He should not. Well, I'm pretty sure he didn't have women on the leash as they are in pursuit of the Sith Lord. So, I mean. But he but no. still. Now he that, still had his. He had his day. Yeah, I will sure. say now that now that, that, that Alec Guinness thing is out there. Mm-hmm. Now that you guys know about it. Watch it. Watch, the, watch his scenes at least. And I'm not saying watch them because there's obvious. They're shipping Luke and Ben. No, there's nothing like weird like that. It's just you could tell like he has this. Now that you know that, he has this just really soft delivery of a lot of his lines. It's like, you really couldn't get that. Now, I'm not saying only a gay person could have played that, but you really couldn't get that unless you had, like, more of an emotional opening and understanding as an actor overall. I don't know. Which, you know, typically when you are more androgynous or more have more feminine qualities, you get that. So I, I was, just, you know what, he came across he, he's to He's really as soft a caring, and it's really not. Yeah, he caring is. caring grandfather. He was... He was. He felt that he needed to watch over um, Anakin's child. He. Oh he, yeah, easy. He took that upon himself. He knew he had to do that because he. He. And I think in his heart, at first, he realized that he. he or he, it, in the beginning, he thought he killed Anakin. 
Because yeah. remember, when he leaves Anakin on Mustafar, there's nobody else. Anakin is burning. Which, I don't imagine you think he's still alive. You get well, on the ship, you know, you're upset, you know, and, and all of this. He doesn't realize it until he finds out that, I'm, I'm sure between the time that the, the twins were born mm-hmm. to the time that um, like a new he hope. runs into, yeah, yeah. into a new hope. That's 17 years. He's hearing about what's going on. And well, I'm pretty sure he knew Darth, because he knew he was Darth Vader. Right. Before and he even put on the mask. There are some books that are cons- they're in the EU with the expanded universe. Yeah, like the legend stuff. Right, that he actually leaves the planet a few times to go do stuff. So Oh yeah. So oh, he yeah, has an uh, he he's aware of what's going on. I do think it's on. interesting that Okay, so like go back to the end of Revenge of the Sith, right? I'm going to go take Palpatine, you're going to go take Anakin. If we at least kill one of them, we're going to succeed somehow. So, I've always was curious about now, granted, Obi-Wan left Anakin for dead, therefore assumed that he was dead. If he had taken out Anakin, even if he didn't kill Anakin, it was that scenario. If he would have just teamed up with Yoda and immediately went to Palpatine, done. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know if it's like, like maybe it's just a plot hole. Because if I killed half of two bad people, or assume that I killed one... I would say we're doing pretty damn well for having our order just exterminated. Let's go get the other guy well, instead the of other guy was immediately on the ship failing. Going, he was going to where? Oh yeah, he was going to Mustafar on his little shuttle right. thing. So he would have never found him. No, because... yeah, but I mean, like that, whether they found him or not, I mean, like the whole like, I killed Anakin. I think you didn't kill the Palpatine, dude. Let's just go into hiding and never you know come out again until the time's right. Yeah, I, I, well, I think I'm not saying it's bad. It I just thought it was kind of weird. I think that because the clones had a lot of control, they were they were there was a, a lot of them, and they were and there was only a few of the the Jedi. I think they realized mm. they needed to go into hiding to protect what little was left. You know, what would be a good Star Wars like series or even movie or series of movies would be like a Star Wars show post Order sixty six with an Imperial investigator. But the Imperial investigator is in the vein of like the Jessica Jones detection. They wouldn't last. And he would have killed them off. He didn't want any. He was. Well, I think I'm cool. Like someone, like an Imperial guy, Bail like Organa was lucky that he was never found out. Well, no, but you the, know that that's yeah. the thing. He, like, he I don't was think... like the he was he was like the the bridge between the Jedi and the and the uh, the rebels. He mm-hmm. kind of kept everything going. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah he was him, Mom Mothma, uh, Padme. I don't know. I think no, there was like Padme one other dude. One of no, this there's a deleted scene in episode three. Him, Padme, uh, Mon Mothma. I think there was like one or two other people in the scene. They actually in it was cut from Revenge of Sith, but they found the Rebel Alliance essentially mm. in that movie. Yeah. Which I wonder I, if that's retconned now too, because I'd have to see now what the history of the Rebels are in the new canon because if that scene's not in the movie, then technically it's not canon, although it still could be interpreted as canon. But I wonder if it is now because we have all this like rebels is freaking everywhere. Like, yeah, I don't I, know what the obsession with rebel with the with the rebel legion is over the past like four or five years. It went from Star Wars everything to like let's really focus on rebel legion, and I'm like, eh. like I don't mean, you necessarily, mean in movies, and not stuff? necessarily, not necessarily movies and TV shows. I just mean like everything I see Star Wars coming at me, whether it's media, toys, like a lot of it has this like heavy rebel feel. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it's just because they're trying to capture, you know, nostalgia because they're rebooting the whole series. Nostalgia. But yeah. like, you notice when I was that's why say, I'm kind of fed up with Rebel stuff right now is because I like I see it all the time. <laughs> you say, get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I do like um, 
I do like at the end of um, the Revenge of the Sith when uh, Obi Wan is holding the is holding Luke and trying to show Padme. I think he's trying to encourage her to stay alive for mm. these children. But she just her she was so disappointed in what he did and what and what Anakin did, and she just was almost ashamed. You I'd know, be more seen, disappointed in that room I full of all she, that medical technology. They still I let her die. I think she was, well, because her she was willing herself. I, away. I, I get the poetic part of it. I love the poetic part, but it's also like, don't try and fool me with that. Make up something else because you literally have everything. It's a broken heart because you know when when two older folks when the one passes away, the other one ends up passing away right away. Yeah, I'm kind of curious about they, that because Barbara Bush just died. I'm wondering when HW is going to croak. Yeah, I'm like, because oh, I don't do that. He just said croak. croak <laughs> but no, because that wow, I, like man. that because you were right. Home, well, no, because you were right about the whole emotional thing. Right. Like that's like because I, I was actually thinking about the Padme and I can see when Barbara Bush died maybe because I was thinking he, about maybe she thought he died. Maybe that maybe that's why because maybe uh, um, Obi Wan was telling her in the ship what happened and then she just lost all. I don't. Yeah, know that'd be more. cool. I would. I. I don't know if it's in the novelization of Revenge of the Sith, but I would like to, like, scenes like that. Like, they leave Mustafar, and he's telling and then you her. immediately see them on Polis Masa with the babies. I would like to see, like, the in-between stuff. Because you remember in Revenge of the Sith when um, it, they're on Polis Masa. I don't remember if it's right before or after the babies are born, but you like Yoda's meditating and Bail Organa comes up to him. That meditation scene was a, supposed to be the Liam Neeson Yoda scene, but they just cut it to Yoda meditating. So they like a lot of cool stuff like yeah. that, whether whether they refilm it or make CGI out of it or just write it, I would like to see what the official canon well, he, like. This is what happened in these well, instances. You know, she's disappointed because he choked her, and I think he killed her, and 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 I think Obi Wan brought her back yeah, because he her. brought yeah he brought back Luke because Luke was I think Luke got killed too because he's holding his head. You know, he's, he's well, Luke got hit in the head by a Tuscan. Yeah, but it just, it, I don't know. It just seems that way. It Although healing did exist way. as a force technique. Right. There is a book yeah. with uh, Barasophie that's doing that. But, you is know. Really? Yeah. Is there like a new Barasophie book? No. Or? It, it's old. Oh, okay. It's old canon. But I was like, what are, why is there a Barasophie book it's coming EU, out right now? It's EU. No, no, no. But I when, always liked her, too. Yeah. But until I, she but betrays him. But I think that's what. Um, sh- what they're maybe alluding to is that she lost her will to live after mm-hmm. he was telling her. First of all, well, that's what the robot says. She's that, lost the will to live, right? Because he's she's disappointed that he that Anakin has choked her and tried to kill her. I think but she's more of like the man I love. Literally, not only slaughtered children, but has turned to the dark side and, and everything he's and f- sworn everything. to destroy. Yeah, and ruined everything. Yeah. Well, now so. you mentioned it, that would kill me too. <laughs> If my lover, like, I woke up one day and I was like, okay, they slaughtered, like, 80 children, destroyed an entire religion, and also politically upheaved the entire world or country exactly. or universe. Exactly. That kind of messed me up a little bit, too, unless I was like, oh, all these changes are good. No, they're uh, not. Except for the slaughtering children, yeah. when I don't think any iteration of slaughtering children is good. So. No, no. Just so everybody is aware of that. Okay, so that ends our <laughs> show today. But next week, did you guys want to do your favorite clone? Like our favorite clone or favorite clone armor? Favorite of oh, favorite clone armor. Hmm. Okay, I'm cool with that. Yeah, yeah I, I can do that. I, like, I mean, I already have mine, but I I really do like the one here. I I'm gonna say it again. The armor that Obi Wan's wearing. That doesn't count. <laughs> he's on a clone. Doesn't matter. He's a general, sexy general. Although I do like. Once again, we talked about before. 
I hate that a lot of costuming clubs are not interpreting it, even though it's in the damn everything is armored Jedi robes. They exist. They, uh, Multiple iterations well, of them exist in canon and know legends. That we have gotten permission to be able to do that. Like custom armor, though? Or does yes. that have to be like, you can only do the clone trooper shoulder thingies? It's whatever was in the movies, like what exactly what <sighs> oh, wow. what General Kenobi is wearing. No, that's because I don't like that. That's not that, because that doesn't make, that's the, that kind of armoring makes no okay. sense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so next week, it's going to be your favorite clone armor. So that does it for us today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Word. And David. Oh, oh, well, okay. Man, I, I had a whole thing too, but I wasn't paying attention because I was just going to burst into it without having to burst be prompted. In it. So, like, people think we're more professional, but yeah, uh, you know, like and subscribe on YouTube and then check us out on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash Radio Geonosis. And thank you for joining us. Next week, next week I'll do it before you even realize it. Ooh. Like, make it kind of. I also wrote an intro to this. Like, you know how we're talking about doing that thing next month where yes. me and Aaron might have to do it? Yes. I've written, like, three different intros that Good. are super high. Like, let's do that. Like, I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to show them to you because you like. Yes, because we're going to be doing Star Wars Read Day down in Rancho Cucamonga at the Paul Biani Library. So we're going to be doing a show down you there. You better make I sure cannot, some of your Saber Guild people show up in case I Aaron can't make it. Somebody need Aaron's a going to make it. Aaron's going to make it. Field trip. That's right. That's right. And we're all going to be excited about which day? May the 4th be with, with you. you. Oh, that's coming up. Yes. Yeah, that's like two or three weeks from now. Yes. Revenge of the 5th. Now, do we want to do a Do we want to do a May the 4th show? I can't. Oh, that's right. You're doing a thing. Do we, okay. We'll talk about that later. Because right. I have an idea. Thank you, everyone. And we'll, talk to, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye.